When you have all these blessings, live in them. Live free in them. Don't give in to the temptation that you need to go back to keep some regulation, that you need to give a certain amount or meet a certain requirement to be right with God. You, by faith and by the pouring of His Spirit, have been adopted. The set time has come. God sent His Son. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient faith for today's world. Christmas Day, 2023. Galatians 4, 4-7 There's a hallmarky Christmas movie. Maybe you've seen it. It has to do with uh, a man who is going to receive an inheritance, but he has to work up to it. can't remember the title of the movie. It's something like The Christmas Gift or Christmassy Christmas or something before Christmas. You know, it's one of those Christmas Hallmark movies. And he's, he's working up towards this inheritance and he has to go through all these different loopholes. But until then, he's not anything more than an ordinary poor man. Everything is cut off. He just has to work his way without the special credit card from his father or his grandpa. He's, he's poor, basically, in many respects. He's not yet possessing his inheritance. And as the movie goes, I'm, I'm not going to wreck it for you, but he has to work towards becoming the man that he should be to deserve his inheritance and to prove that he's worthy to receive it. Was that how it works in God's kingdom? Does he want you to step up and show yourself that you can receive a gift? I don't know how you'd call it a gift at that point, or even an inheritance for that matter. What we see in God's word, especially as we look this morning at Galatians 4, is you can be sure the inheritance is yours. And that changes the way you live your life right now as those who are heirs of the promise of God. There's no loopholes. There's, there's no proving yourself. There is simply a new life of freedom, a new life of close connection to your God. Well, Paul's writing here in Galatians chapter 4 describes this for us. The part that our, our reading jumped past this morning is the start of the chapter where Paul says that the people of Israel were like those who were underage, those who had a guardian placed over them. In other words, they, they were set to receive the inheritance, but they were basically being treated like servants or slaves of the household, not yet able to control, possess, spend, or use their inheritance. We see that. As you look at the people of Israel, God did, in a way, treat them like children. He said, here's how much you're to give in an offering. Here's where you're to give your offering. Here's how you are to go about your worship life, and here's where you are supposed to worship, and here are the people who are supposed to do it who are in charge. God did everything for them, almost like a, a father taking his child by the hand and leading them along gently and entrusting them to a guardian. In this case, the guardian was the Torah, the, the law, leading the people on how they were to live, mature, and grow under their God. So when you look at the Old Testament, Paul basically frames it for you, and you wonder, why did God give them the, the festivals, the sacrifices, all those ceremonies and those holidays and rituals that they were to observe? Because he was lovingly, like a father, training his children for when they would grow up training the church, the people of God. 
Paul says that during that time, they were under the law and under age, and they were basically living similar to the way that other people in the world lived, under the elemental forces of this world. You do this and you get a reward. You know, a father ought to and does love their child. They still set rules because they're children, and they need to be disciplined. They need to learn and grow. But what about when it's time for the inheritance? What about when they're of age and the father's ready to pass on the blessings? That's what we see as Paul gets to verse 5. When the set time had fully come, God never intended Israel to remain a child forever. It says, out of Egypt I brought my son. He brought them up, raised them as a nation, and then the time came. The world stage was, in effect, set. God had brought the nations to the places where he wanted them. The people spoke a common language, the language of the Greeks. And the people had spread with roads which the Roman had constructed so they could travel and communicate. There was peace during a time when they could focus on teaching and hearing and gathering instead of war. The time had come. The author of history was about to pass on the promised inheritance. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son. Born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, came into the world. The true Holy One, who had long been promised, long planned, came in the flesh. And the reason he came, Paul says, is so he might be under the law. God can't be under the law, just all of a sudden appear and place himself under the law, but God can place himself in flesh, under the law, in place of his people. And so he did. The Son of God lived and did what the children could not. For all the times you have failed to live up to the perfect standards of a mature child who deserves to receive a respect from the Father and an inheritance, Jesus lived perfectly. Your brother he became. And as your brother, he kept all the perfect holy law of God in your place. And more than that, he paid the price born under law to redeem those under law. He died for his brothers to take away their guilt so they could stand spotless and blameless. He took on flesh to live and to die for you. And then here's the result, that we might receive adoption to sonship. It's a, a beautiful picture, adoption. What I'm wearing here, this stole it's called, it's meant to be something that a minister wears to remind them of when Jesus invites us to wear the yoke. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden light. Come, follow me. And this particular stole comes from Guatemala because I have a nephew who was adopted many years ago from Guatemala. And so the parents, my sister and brother-in-law, bought this for me because I was graduating from seminary. A neat reminder, but most of all, what it reminds me of is what happened when they came home with their son. Adoption is a beautiful thing, an amazing thing, because it's the beginning of a new relationship. It's the beginning of belonging to a family that rejoices and cares and forever is your home. 
You have been adopted. And it says here to sonship, and yes, you are daughters as well, some of you. But the sonship title means you have a status as men and women who belong to the family of God to receive his inheritance. The time had come for Israel, for all the world that God had set for the inheritance to be revealed as his son came and won it for us. You have been adopted to the family of God. And because you are sons, everything changes. Because you are sons, God sent his spirit, the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who proceeds from the Father and the Son, the Holy One who calls out, Abba, Father. Once you were outside the family of God, born into sin, but now you've been adopted through faith when he poured his spirit into your hearts. When you came to faith, he sent you the gift of his Holy Spirit. And by his Holy Spirit, you now call out to your Father, and not just a a formal Father, but what a close, dear child might say to their loving father, Abba, Daddy, my close, loving, caring father, the one who has made me his own, brought me into his family forever. And so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. You know, when I was uh, visiting with my family this summer in Wisconsin, we went to Portage, Wisconsin, which was a place where they had an agency house that was supposed to be a representative between the the U.S. government and the Native Americans, the Indians. They called it the Indian Agency House. And that agency house had gathered a tribe of Indians that were really connected with the American government and those that were warring against them. And it was promising them protection. It was promising them provision so long as they didn't join the warring tribes around them. What I found interesting is when we took a tour of that house, there was a fairly large agency house for that time. I can't remember what year it was built, but it's basically in the frontier days. And this house stood out among all the other places around it because it had the representative from the U.S. government. So they wanted to make it a fairly substantial house. And it was right at the connecting point where the water between the Fox River and Mississippi River flowed. So at this agency house, we took a tour and we saw in the the main dining area a small door off to the side. If any of you have been in an old house, you're probably familiar with why there are hidden small doors. Because they don't want the servants of the house to be seen unless they're needed. And yet they want them nearby so they can be called upon to serve. Later on on the tour, they took us on a different way up past that small doorway and stairway where you had to duck because the ceiling was pretty low. The beds seemed like they were pretty modest beds and the the source of heat was rather meager. And there in the attic space of the house, close to the kitchen, of course, were the servants' quarters. Can you imagine what it would have been like in the frontier days being a servant in that house? They describe the relationship that they had in that house with their servants, often a close, loving one, and yet there was that division. What Paul speaks of here is the people of Israel were, in a sense, like a a servant or a slave when they did not have the fullness of time and the gospel blessings. Yes, they were part of the family of God. The, The papers were about to be signed for their adoption, but they didn't enjoy all the fruits and blessings of a relationship of a a family member, a child. 
Probably even more striking is they described at that agency house during one of the particular difficult years in the battling with the natives that were against those who were aligned with the U.S. government, some of the, the people would come to the windows outside the house and look in, begging for food. Those are those in Paul's world here who he describes who are outside of God's law, the Gentiles. But you have been invited into God's house. He has furnished a table in your presence. He has not only done that, inviting you to feast and to enjoy the blessings of the gospel, he has called you now his own child. You're not up in the servants' quarters. God doesn't demand you to meet some requirement. He calls on you to be those who can rejoice as a child. And as a child, you are an heir of the promise. Don't go back. Could you imagine someone who was brought from the servants' quarters to sit at the table with the family to decide that they want to go back to being a servant? When the family has invited them to sit at the table and be one with the father and the brother, to be a child and an heir. Paul says, when you have all these blessings, live in them. Live free in them. Don't give in to the temptation that you need to go back to keep some regulation, that you need to give a certain amount or meet a certain requirement to be right with God. You, by faith and by the pouring of His Spirit, have been adopted. The set time has come. God sent His Son. He lived. He died, redeemed, and He rose and lives forever, your brother. And He who took on flesh will bring you out of the grave to live in God's house forever. You have been adopted as a child of God. You now can live with peace, live with comfort, live with freedom, and sit at his table as a blessed, redeemed, ransomed child. Amen. Amen.